Hey, y'all, this is Michelle Malone. And this is Doug Keys. And you are listening to Billy Brew and the Manifesto. <laughs> It is Thursday, August 15th, 2019, and you are listening to The Manifesto with Billy Brew. I am your host, Billy Brew. Thank you so much for making my show a part of your Thursday listening habits. You're hearing us on the Real 1100 WWE radio over the air in your car. You can listen to us in your car. How cool is that? But if that's not convenient, you can uh, go online listen while you work at real1100.com. You can also download the Real 1100 app for your iPhone or Android. There's more ways to find us, if that's not enough. We're also, you can download the TuneIn Radio app. We are on that. We are somewhere out there on iHeartRadio. This, this very show has a Facebook page. The Manifesto with Billy Brew has a Facebook page. We have all of our past episodes on there. Please check those out. And uh, also, we take this show and convert it into a podcast. And they are available on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. As always, every Thursday morning, I would be dead in the water without my producer, Greg. Greg, good morning, sir. Hope you're doing well. And this hour of the manifesto is brought to you by Solzer. Introducing Solzer, a brand communications agency dedicated to helping companies with their unique marketing needs. No matter the size or scope of the project or client, Solzer always starts with research and follow-through to create brands and campaigns that truly unite consumers with products and services they want and need. Capabilities include integrated campaigns, digital products and services, copywriting, content development, rebranding, new company logo design, website building, and much, much more. To find out all the capabilities of Sulzer and how they can partner with you and your company to meet your marketing needs, please visit their website at sulzerinc.com, S-U-L-Z-E-R-I-N-C.com, or call their office at 813-920-9825, 813-920-9825. Nine eight two five, empowering brands, connecting people. That's Sulzer. Thank you very much. And uh, today is August fifteenth, and that is um, my parents would be celebrating their sixtieth wedding anniversary today. So happy anniversary, mom and dad. I miss you terribly. So sixty years. That's that's just outstanding. Well, what we do here on the show. If you're a brand new listener, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, check out our show. We feature ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And, and my guest, this, my very special guest this hour is just the epitome of that. Very funny guy, um, a Georgia native, uh, longtime radio guy, and just a good guy. Please welcome to the manifesto, Mr. Danny Huff. See, the crowd is going crazy for you. Glad to be here. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Glad to be here. Just, you know. Better, uh, better seen than viewed. That's right. right. Now you kind of you live out on the east side, kind of where I do, like in the uh, Grayson area. Right. That's How I'm often right. do you get to Atlanta? Uh, well, actually, uh, my job as a as a hired killer uh, <laughs> bring, brings me into Atlanta quite a bit. Okay. And, uh, I really am. I'm a hired killer. Okay. I, I'm in the pest control business. Ah. So. <laughs> see, where's my drum set when I need it? Okay. So you do come into Atlanta a lot. I do. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, Within, yeah. I just I was going to ask you about the traffic, and it's just. Well, it's just you know. It's just traffic. It's just traffic. Yeah. So I where was, were you born? I was born in uh, Redan. Yep. Redan, not Redan. Redan. It's like Georgia. pecan. Right. But, or pecan. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Redan, Georgia. 
actually, I was born in, I was raised in Redan, but I was, uh, I was actually born in Conyers, Georgia. Okay. Rockdale County yeah. Hospital. Never been the same since. <laughs> what, um, and I'll give a little bit of background how I know Danny. He and I uh, contribute and work for also another radio station, the best country music station out there, Absolutely. WMOQFM 92.3, and it's based out of Monroe. You can uh, hear them. Here's a shameless plug, WMOQFM.com. They're also on TuneIn. Oh, that's right. See, we're everywhere. So anyway, Danny, he has, he's a, uh, a weekly contributor to the Morning Madness program, and he uh, it's just a longtime radio veteran. I'm very curious to know your radio background. I, I Of course, I'm a radio junkie, and can you? what was your earliest time that you thought, man, I'm listening to this radio, and I want to be that guy. Oh, my goodness. Right, let, let's go all the way back to uh, – In black and white to, pictures. To the, to the 60s, 70s, uh, listening to uh, uh, listening to the Ludlow Port Show at night when he was on Ring Radio, WRNG. Yeah. Uh, I would have a transistor radio laying on my pillow. <laughs> and, of course, my parents would say, cut the radio off, you know. And that was before headphones and stuff. You just had to stick the radio into your That's ear. That's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. And uh, but I, I knew that I wanted to uh, get my foot in the door somewhere, some way, somehow. And how? How? And, so you're a kid. And what was a what about radio? Said what in, intrigued you? I don't know why it intrigued me. It just uh, did. Uh, well, that's, I, I guess that's kind of uh, uh, you know the mystery behind hearing the voice, not really knowing what the people look like. I, yeah. You know, and and you get behind a microphone, and you can. You can be anything. You can you can you know play, have fun, and 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 all. Ludlow told me one thing though. He said he said whenever you're you know doing radio or if you want to you know you're going to be on the air or doing whatever, he said uh, be yourself. He said be yourself. He said because the mic will tell on you every time without a doubt. And uh, and, and he was man. He was a. Was man, Ludlow well, Ludlow? I mean, I, I know that was his, his, his radio name, but yeah, I mean, yeah. on and off the mic, he's the same guy. Oh my goodness, he was. Uh, what you heard on the radio was was how Bobby Hansen really was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a, a fine man, just a, a, a good friend, and I miss him greatly. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was a radio legend in this town. Right, right. Uh, there's, there's a good chance that uh, you know back in the mid nineties, uh, if you were listening to the Ludlow Port Show when he was broadcasting from Flowery Branch. Yes. Uh, from the Falcons Training Center there. Uh, good chance if you were listening, I was sitting right beside him and uh, just talking to him, and, and he was so kind because he was trying to direct me and help me, you know, get my foot in the door to, uh, you know, in radio. So, so what was your role at that particular time with Ludlow? Were you a producer or just oh, kind no, of a sidekick? No, no. Or? Just, just a friend. Just okay. a friend. Okay. I, I had started calling the Ludlow Port Show as Mr. Haney from Green Acres. And you know at some point in the show I'm going to have to hear Mr. Haney. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm going to have to. Well, I, that, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. But, uh, but uh, at, at the, there was uh, a little station uh, it was in Tucker at the time. It was WGUN. Okay. And, uh, what that, what was, on the dial? Which it was at six eighty ten 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 ten. Okay, it was called the big gun in Dixie. Okay, you know? so, but anyway, that's that's that was what it was referred to as. But uh, that was uh, he he helped me get into that station, and uh, you know I started playing. They were changing formats from gospel to country, and eventually to talk. Yeah, and uh, and I was there during that transition. Uh, you know. 
spinning discs and <laughs> playing country music. And how old were you at this time? I mean, oh, at your geez. very first radio job. I, I mean, I, I was uh, I was in actually, gosh, I was had to be in my forties, you know, early forties, late thirty, early forties. Yes, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, yeah. It took, you're not that me, old. It took took me a uh, a long time. <laughs> oh, so you you didn't get in in your early teens or no, late uh, no, early twenties? No, 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 I did not. Oh, did okay. Not. You, I, it was your late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get into radio until fourteen years ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. late bloomer as well. Yeah, yeah I was just, uh, it was just. I, I, I guess I was a uh, uh, sort of a. Uh, I don't know. I guess the best way to describe it is uh, Forrest Gump. I had, <laughs> I had this knack for being in the right place at the right time to meet certain people and okay. talk to certain people. But you also made and yourself available around these people. You, you exactly. can't you can't just not be there and all right. of a sudden it's going to fall in your lap. You're going to hang around the studio, or you're going to. Were you a frequent caller to these shows? Oh yeah. Is that absolutely. how you got yeah, really yeah, started? Yeah, 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 yeah. As you know, to the Ludlow Port show, absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you remember your first call? Oh, no. Were you nervous as a... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was uh, you know, you know, hyperventilating. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I do remember uh, asking the producer, you know, how, how, was that? how did that sound? Yeah. Or, you know, at one time. Because uh, for some reason he came back and was talking to me off the air. Yeah. Um, and I don't really remember who it was. It may have been, uh, may have been Miller Pope. I, okay, I, I'm not sure. Or Dave. It could have been Dave Baker, but uh, one one of those guys. But uh, when did you know who, who, as a kid, other than the local guys, who well, even the local guys on radio, who did you really look up to? Knowing you know when you had that radio pressed against your ear, listening and listening to Ludlow. I mean, were you anybody else? Neil, Bo- we talked about Neil Bortz uh, before the show. Oh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Neil Bortz as, as just even as a kid. Enjoyed enjoyed. Talk, I was hooked on talk radio, uh, but uh, Quixie seven ninety oh, AM yeah. seven ninety. Yeah. Uh, and they Gary, were they Gary were McKee. They were a giant. I mean, they were yeah, in they the fifties, sixties, right, and seventies, right, right. and then FM came in right. and kind of. Took it, but yeah, I mean, who right. was bigger than Gary McKee? Right, exactly. No one. He was a. I'm talking about an icon in this town. Yeah. And uh, funny guy, in fact, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm sure he doesn't know me from Adam's house cat. <laughs> well, among his five thousand friends, uh, you know. Among, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, his cousins, as he refers to his friends as. What does it take somebody like Gary McKee or Ludlow or Neil or anybody you? I mean, what does it take to have that drive in radio? Just. Is it just having this microphone in front of you and being able to broadcast on? You know, well, yeah, I think the first thing you have to do is be okay with being broke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth? Unless you own the station. Unless you own the station. Yeah. But, uh, or, you know, you've got some, some major backing behind you. Um, yeah, it's just uh, the the drive to, I guess, want to, you know, be behind the microphone and then entertain people. Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, just you can play and have fun. Yeah. And, you know, go into another. I like going to different characters, do different characters. That was my thing. Now, were were you as a kid? Were you good at impressions? Were you the rich little of your school? Were you, or you just kind of just fell into it? I, I mean, Mister Haney, you do a dead on Mister Haney, and we're probably going to get to it in just a second. Um. Actually, yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mimic. I, you okay, know, I, you know whether it's sounds or you know it's sound of people's voices. Uh, um, it was always just something that I did. I never 
looked at it as, oh, wow. It was just something that I could do. Yeah. And, uh, and people liked it, you know. And when you call into the Morning Madness program as Mr. Haney, close your eyes, and you're listening to Pat Buttram. <laughs> I'm serious. And for those of y'all who might be millennials and don't get it, uh, Mr. Haney was on a, uh, is a character on a show called Green Acres. Uh, look it up. Classic, iconic show. Funny as all snot. Yeah, had a had sort of a yodeling type voice, you know. And uh, <laughs> he was a peddler on the show, just in case you uh, hadn't watched it before. Of course, now there's millennials out there that have probably watched the Aristocats cartoon. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. So when whenever they. Uh, Watched, uh, they tell me they've watched the Aristocats. I say, well, Mr. Haney, he was one of the dogs, and he says, uh, that's not a cricket bug. Sounds more like a black Oxford, size nine and a half, hole in the left sole, it sounds like. What was it about that kind of That's a, such an absurd character, trying to peddle the worst crap on the planet. and But it's so funny and so country. You know the the writing, for, <laughs> yeah. the writing, the comedy for for Green Acres, the Beverly Hillbillies, Petticoat Junction. Okay, the the right the, that was funny stuff. Yeah, that was the the writing was incredible, uh, just very funny stuff. But the networks were trying to get away from the hayseeds, okay, and those shows were canceled at. The top of their game. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, and because, it, and it wasn't pure rural. I mean, you, so you talk about Green Acres. You had uh, Mr. Douglas, the rich. You know, they were all from New York, and then they were transplanted into right. the country. So you can't. It wasn't full country. I think Hee Haw was about the only full country show, but that was a variety show. Right. Well, if you go back and look, uh, there's a there, right now. There's a. Uh, there's a documentary out there on Hee Haw that you can pick up on YouTube. Yeah, and uh, go back and look at the history of that. That that was a that was a show of nothing but one-liners with <laughs> with yeah. some some great country music acts. I mean, country music stars of that day were foaming at the mouth eventually to get on Hee Haw. Probably probably more than getting onto the Opry. Right. They, they wanted to be on Hee Haw before right. the Opry. That's the, at that time. And the Opry exactly is the Super right. Bowl of country music. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and I, you know, I, doing the, on MOQ, the sports report that I do, yeah, I'm a rock and roller. I've been playing rock and roll all my life. And I, you know, I kind of poo-pooed country. But as in the 14 years, I've really grown to appreciate it. And I've grown to appreciate the older guys like the Roy Clarks oh and the Glenn goodness. Campbells, and, and who are just incredible Musicians, yeah, Glenn Campbell in particular. Glenn Campbell was a uh, was a great songwriter as yeah. well. Um, and he did he 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 was with the Beach Boys for a while. He's he was part of that session group mm-hmm. in the sixties. Um, I forgot the the name escapes me, but yeah, you know, I think there was a common misconception about country music. Oh, they're just a bunch of bumpkins and they don't know how to play nothing, right? And it's not you know it's not sophisticated music. And you, you go back and you find anything Roy Clark did. Or, or or Glenn Campbell did on the guitar, it'll blow your mind. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What a talent Roy Clark was. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Anything he touched, anything he picked up, he could play music with. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, he could, he could pick up an electrical cord and make music with it. <laughs> 
you know, beat all. And, and, and we, those two gentlemen, we lost them fairly recently. Right. And just, just icons, yeah. icons. Are mm-hmm. you, are you a country music fan? I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I, I, I am, I am, I am a, uh, I mean, I like, uh, I like the old country, which is why I'm just, I'm just drawn to WMOQ yeah. because of it's classic country, real country, as they say. It is. I like, I, I don't particularly care for the new acts because it's, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm sort of a purist, you know, it's uh, like bro country or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know yeah, it, yeah, it's a yeah. formula. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a formula that everybody, right, and right. there's no, there's no individuality right. in, in, in today's country music. No. No, no, I'm talking about cookie cutter stuff. Oh, man. big time! Yeah, it's uh, and and uh, there's this guy that's coming up. You probably heard his name. He's a local guy. Uh, he thinks that he's got to have gravel in his voice, you know, to to, okay. to, to be a you know to be a success. Yeah, and, and you know he was. Uh, I don't want to say his name because I might hurt some feelings <laughs> out there, but um, uh, because he is a local guy. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, you don't have to have that. You don't have to be like everybody else. No, you know, to, to be a success. But if you, but how, how many people, even the Beatles and Elvis, why'd you get into music for two things: girls and money. Oh well, there you go. And and if it and so if if this in 2019, this is the country music formula. By God, I'm going to follow that too. Well, now, I'm too old to do that. <laughs> you know, these days. But well, me too. I just turned sixty. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, yeah, I did. I wow. turned sixty years old back on uh, August 10th. Wow! Yeah. Well, congratulations for making it, making it to sixty. Not a lot of people do. So, <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of smaller market radio stations, mm-hmm. uh, we're this is a love fest for WMOQ. This station is a small station as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the bigger companies, the Cumuluses, the the Clear Channels. If they're no, is that even anyway the big companies? They're they're try, certainly they're trying to squeeze out the the smaller market. But the, why can can smaller market stations survive? I think they can. I think they can if they they, they follow a a, a a model like WMOQ is doing. WMOQ is successful. It's almost WMOQ almost has a cult type following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know everybody in the area. Of course, you got to realize that that that's a uh, you know it's in a rural area. It is. Yeah, and uh, and and everything. So it's. Uh, it is a uh, different demographic, yeah. And and uh, but uh, they're they're successful, but, you know, because you know they're they're making it work because they appeal to the people that they're you know broadcasting. To. Yes, and they're not a booming signal like some of the Atlanta no, stations. No, you no, cover from like Athens to maybe Snellville, and right, depends right. on the clouds and the weather right, and stuff exactly, like that. You know. um, but it's it it it's it's it is refreshing. I you know I. I I didn't want to think I was a country music snob, but when I got a chance to get into radio, and it, and I and after a while, I fell in love with that station. Not only mm-hmm. the people, mm-hmm. good people, really good people, but it's like this is good music. Willie Nelson, no one plays Willie Nelson right, anymore. Right. The old Willie Nelson, you know Johnny Cash. Yeah, they I don't play that anymore. Right, uh, Flip. You're, you're going to hear. You're going to hear Sonny James. You're going to hear Tom T. Hall. Yeah. You, uh, you're going to you're going to hear uh, Bobby Bear. You you know a lot of the. A lot of the old, old, old guys, you know. Yeah, and uh, I think that's and, and uh, that station is independently owned. It's not a conglomerate. Right, a right, gentleman owns right. it, and that's and right. that's maybe where some of the our appeal that we love the smaller market stations. Right, right, right. And and I think gone are the days are um, 
you travel throughout the Southeast and you, you'd know what stations, you, you know, before satellite and all that stuff, satellite radio, you knew if, say, if you're in Macon, I'm going to listen to that station. Right. And I could travel from Alabama to South Carolina, South Carolina, and I knew what stations Paul Harvey was on and, and at what time. Because he then always, he came around lunchtime. Right. That's right. And, and that's, even though Paul Harvey was huge in his day, mm-hmm. he had a small market feel. Right. And that was a talent. It was. In fact, he the way to do that is is to make the listener feel like he or she is the only one that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You're not talking to a vast yeah. crowd of people. You're talking to one person, that one person that's that's listening. You know, in yeah. the kitchen or uh, you know, in the car or whatever. And uh, I think that's how you achieve that. You know. And, and, and yeah, you're right. And I just, it's, just, I don't know. I, I mean, radio, and do you think radio in general with the influx of satellite radio, so many different options? And I ask a lot of radio people who come on the show, I ask that kind of question. I mean, there's so many options. When people get in the car, they don't necessarily turn on their radio. They're Bluetoothing it to their playlist and all that kind of stuff. How can this type of format uh, coexist and make money? Uh, you know, that's that's uh, I, I guess you could say that's the the sixty four thousand dollar question. Uh, well, for inflation, know, you, you, that needs to be adjusted right, for inflation. Well, right, <laughs> but you need to. You just it, it, you know what? If you are appealing to your listeners, there's there's not going to be a there's not going to be a problem. Yeah, you know you're, you know people are going to listen if they like what they hear. Now, it, it, on music formats, there used to be stations, and I, I'm sounding like such a, I'm sounding like an old man. Well, back in our day, yes, they're formed. Here's a here's your rock station. Here's your country station. Here's your Christian station. They're even more narrow. They have like twelve songs on their playlist now. What happened to the broader playlist? And 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 I think stations, especially rock and roll stations, they play it safe. Without in in this litigious society, everybody has to be safe. So. Right. So uh, Cumulus is not going to play a song that has, you know, misogynistic lyrics and stuff. It's, it's very safe radio. Uh, which I think is really sad. Um, I, I, I think that uh, you're, you're right. There, there are, uh, you're, you pretty much hear the same loop mm-hmm. of, of songs, no matter what genre you choose to listen to. Um, I know, uh, you know, for the last few weeks, and I've been listening to a, uh, you know, to, to K Love, which you know yes. took over, uh, and I had boy that ticked me off. I know, <laughs> but, uh... but anyway, <laughs> K Love took over one hundred six point seven. But uh, I like the music. I like uh, you know, I like what the fish plays. You know, is but it contemporary it's, type it's, stuff? It's contemporary Christian music. But the thing is, they both play the same loop, and it's like I don't know how how they're going to differentiate I, I, themselves. I, exactly, I, you know, you, you've got you know the you've got the on air personalities for uh, Caleb over in you know they're in California. Yeah. You got local uh, air talent here at uh, you know the Fish, uh, but they're playing the same music. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't get that. You know, Southern gospel is sort of like you know that's the uh, 
the country music of of Christian music, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put but, it. But but uh, you know, it's it's sort of it's the the demographics who listen to that is is dying off, dying off quick, and so that's that's sort of becoming, you know, a thing of the a thing of the past, which I think is unfortunate because you know Southern gospel music had a uh, it, it it the roots you know go deep into this country you yeah know, uh, um, bluegrass man bluegrass love bluegrass music okay love some bill monroe yeah and and some even some of these newer acts you know polytechnic slam grass and all this kind of <laughs> stuff you know but uh but uh you know even that you, you, some people would argue that you, you listen to three bluegrass songs, you've heard all the bluegrass licks, you know? That's a great segue. I, I've had uh, Angie Riley. She's been on uh, the show a couple of times. She is a, in a heavy metal band, hardcore, I mean, just stuff. And, and when she first came into the show, she said that you don't realize how close heavy metal playing is and bluegrass is. I said, how can you connect those two genres together? Because they're shredders. You shred in bluegrass, and you shred in whatever you're playing in, in heavy metal. And I, I've not every time I hear bluegrass, I think of her in heavy metal for some reason. There is a bluegrass band <laughs> playing Stranglehold. <laughs> the Ted Nugent on, song on YouTube. Yes. Oh no way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you got to look that up. Yeah. Uh, Stranglehold, uh, just uh, bluegrass band Stranglehold. Just put that on YouTube. You'll you will be amazed. Oh my god. So, um, how long you're married, man? Yeah, yeah. Been, does does uh, your wife been, know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay oh, good. Yeah, All right, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, uh, married the first time back in uh, 1984. Uh, lasted two years. Married again in 1990. Been married ever since. Good. You found so, the right one. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And let me tell you, she she's uh, ginger. She is a a, a, a fine woman. And she has had every reason in the world to pick up stakes and, and, and leave. And she has chosen to stay with me for some reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, you married well then. Uh, I married above myself. That's no lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, what kind of influence did your, does, does or did your father have on you as a kid? And Oh, man. You mind touching on that? Oh, or? man, my dad was my hero. Yeah. I, you know, I just I always I felt that, uh, you know, he was way up here, and I was, like, way down here. Uh, he stood 20 he, feet tall. Yeah, oh, yeah. He passed in 06, and he was much a man when he passed. Uh, he had he'd battled uh, uh, problems associated with, with prostate cancer. He survived for 14 years. Wow. Uh, he was a fighter. And, uh, uh, but... Uh, but you know he he just you know he uh, he taught me he just taught he taught me how to be a man yeah you know was he a, uh, a strict disciplinarian did he have did, was man, he a, I, did he hug you because some dads uh, don't hug nah not not that often yeah not that often and and it was just it was late in life you know when he when he even told me that he loved me yeah but I but he didn't have to tell me I knew it I knew it his actions were you know spoke a lot louder than the words. And uh, but you're talking about disciplinarian. I, I I can probably count on one hand. Uh, you know, it was back when 
spanking was in vogue <laughs> and legal uh, and legal <laughs> I, I could probably think of uh five times that he got a hold of me and you know i could survive my mom but i you know i could dance around and, and, and you, <laughs> you know wiggle out of it uh, yeah and, and try to <laughs> try to yeah. try to you know make the blows glancing blows <laughs> but he had uh he was he was very much a man and strong and and uh he uh he didn't have to do too much to get my attention i'm gonna tell you i dreaded it but it wasn't like i, I was i wasn't a afraid of him yeah i was afraid to disappoint him yes you know? yes i know I exactly afraid, what you're talking about i was afraid about. to disappoint him i i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to drive him to the point to where he had to you know take off that belt and oh. wear my tail out you know I, I i had the same thing with my father i uh i don't know if i've told the story on the air back you know in, in high school or something not too around that time anyway uh, me and a buddy were just drinking beer in a parking lot minding our own business, listening to music. And all of a sudden, uh, an Atlanta City cop pulls up and, you know, shines lights and all stuff, and I'm panicking. An hour and a half later, my father shows up. <laughs> That's when I got scared. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, yes, the policeman was bad enough, but when I saw my father walking up my rearview mirror, I sold myself, basically. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so he didn't, and my dad never spanked me. He didn't have to. He just had that dad thing, you yeah. know, just that dad. So, mm. yeah. All right. Well, um, on that note, we are going to take a quick break uh, to play a little music. And when we come back on the other side, more with the great Danny Huff. Stay, stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Manifesto with Billy Brew. That is Payphone Poets, and uh, they will be playing the Alzheimer's Music Fest on Saturday, September 21st at Mad Life Studios in Woodstock. Uh, I know we, we had Vince Zangaro on the show a couple of weeks ago promoting it. And great, or, great event for an amazing cause, and Vince has just literally dedicated his life to uh, helping out with Alzheimer's and dementia. Reverend Horton Heat is your headliner for this event, so you don't want to miss that. And music begins at 2 o'clock on the outside stage, and Payphone Pose will be your very first artist of the day. All right. Our very special guest this hour is Mr. Danny Huff. He made the trip all the way from beautiful Grayson, Georgia. Um, during the break, and I'm going to ask it. You can tell me you're part of the Freemasons. I am. I don't know anything about them. And that's probably by design. What what can you tell people who don't know what Freemasonry is or the the, the, the organization about? Uh, well, I can tell you to be one, ask one. I can tell you that. Okay. I, no, no, a Mason will never ask you to join. I can tell you that. Uh, uh, would you just fall into it? Well, no, you just if you if you're you're interested, you ask, you inquire, you okay. ask questions. But they're not going to divulge, and they're not going to say, "Hey, come join our." No. Okay. No. Okay. That will never happen. <laughs> and okay. and uh, but uh, I can tell you that uh, Freemasons are the probably the biggest benevolent organization in the world. Yeah, and uh, I do. I will say that I, I belong to Fergus Lodge One Thirty Five in Loganville. All right, and uh, uh, that just oh, just but, just a, a great group of men. Uh, and just there, because Fergus they're secretive. Lodge, doesn't mean they're not. I mean, they're that group gives to the community like crazy. I bet absolutely. Yeah. Oh very, man, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Through, you know, uh, we have various front fundraisers throughout the year to uh, you know to raise money for this, that, the other, and most of it, most everything goes to the uh, Masonic Children's Home. Okay. And uh, and I believe it's in Macon, and uh, but. Uh, we do uh, we do stew cookings okay. uh, several times a year uh, to raise money. We, we do uh, uh, cook Brunswick stews. I mean, some of the best Brunswick <laughs> stews ever. I mean, we'll knock your hat in the creek. It is that good. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, and, and if you... raffles of you know various yeah. sorts and types, and uh, you know just. Uh, uh, you know, you you want to give to people. You, you you raise the money and you give back to the community. And if you if you were to tell me anything else further, you'd have to kill me probably. So, well, well, you are a train killer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we went on the air, and and I have to exploit some of your incredible talents. We were talking about probably your all time favorite show, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh yeah. Oh. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Another you know another well written. Yeah, well written show, and it's not um, all country bumpkin stuff. No, know? no, uh, a lot of folks don't know Andy Griffith. By the time that he did No Time for Sergeants, mm-hmm. he was already calling his own shots. Yeah, back you know, but uh, and if you want to Google this, one of the funniest comedy routines way back I'm talking way back was uh, they called it football. Oh, what it was was football. That's what that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. funny yeah, funny yeah, stuff. But, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, he was uh, he he was a funny funny guy, and uh, but you know the show, um, I, I guess one of the 
the funniest characters on the show, and there was a lot of them come through there. But Ernest T. Bass, oh. you know, played by Howard Morris. Yes, you know, you know, people look at him and you know see, you know, he looks just like an imbecile and <laughs> acts like an imbecile. Totally, yeah. But he actually he directed eight episodes, and he appeared in five of those episodes. And, and, and uh, his character would come and go. He wasn't a regular, oh, oh, certainly like uh, Barney no, or anything no, like no, that. No, no, yeah, he was scattered. Yeah, but as you, you know, uh, through the years, as, as you've watched reruns and everything, you lo- you go, wow, he was on there all the time when he really wasn't. Yeah, and uh, of course, Ernest T. Bass is not the only character he played on that show. Oh, I no, was not no, aware. There, of that. there is a. Uh, I wish I could think of the name of the episode now, but he played George, the TV repairman. <laughs> That's very general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was George, the TV repairman, and he 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 sort of sounded like uh, I guess when he was talking, he sort he sort of sounded like Adam Ant, which I mean he did the, he he actually did the voice for my, for Adam Ant for Hanna Barbera. Oh, okay, he, okay. Yeah, he was he did a lot of cartoon voiceovers. To you know, he was he was probably as good to me. He was as good as Mel Blank. Oh, the man of a thousand right. voices. Uh, the U.S. Acres cartoon, uh, um, the old farm cartoon, Wade the Duck. You know, Wade <laughs> the Duck couldn't swim, so he wore a he wore a life preserver around his <laughs> around his head, uh, waist, and and so yeah. he was. Uh, you know, Howard Morris, Ernest T. Bass did the voice for Wade the Duck, and it was kind of funny because every everything that Wade the Duck, his everything, his eyes. Or head did the head on the little uh, life preserver did you know because they had yeah. a little a little duck head on it you know it was just kind of funny. The attention to animation like that is if if you just get beyond it that it's a cartoon. There's some yeah. really funny stuff even oh, in just oh. the drawings and what they do oh. in the characters without saying a, a word. I, do you remember the McDonald's commercials? You know. Um, Mayor McCheese, oh, yes. and the Hamburglar, and yep. all that. Okay, Grimace. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Okay, yeah. he he did. He he directed a lot of those. Howard Morris you know, did. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they were done on the. They were done on, the, you know, the the lots in in Cal- in Hollywood. Uh, those huh. those uh, ads were shot, and um, yeah, he was like uh, the voice of Mayor McCheese. You know, <laughs> I don't even remember what uh, Mayor McCheese yeah, sounded yeah, like. It but, now uh, sounded like Ernest T. Bass. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, uh, Jughead from from Archie, you remember Jughead? He did that. Voice? Yeah, that was, no that way. Was, that was, yes, sir. That was wow. Howard Morris. Absolutely. So, and if we're in the, we're going back in the wayback machine, he yeah. got his he cut his teeth on the Sid Caesar uh, Caesar listen yeah. Caesar show, right? Uh, your show he, of shows. That's right. Did he do more behind the scenes? Than he did on camera or I, on voice. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. He was a talented, talented guy. Um, uh, he directed the pilot episode of Get Smart. Oh, that's that was How about a, that. Very, I did not know that, yeah. and that's an amazingly funny show. Like Mel Jonas. Brooks and Buck Henry yeah. were the creators. I mean, anything Mel Brooks touched was just right. incredibly funny. It's like Johnny Carson, I did not do that. <laughs> What about the Andy Griffith show? Why why, it, why has it lasted 60 years? Uh, I mean, every day. You can see it on Nick at Night or something I, like that. I think it's every, everyone, everyone can see themselves in at least one of the characters at some point in time. Yeah. 
during the, you know when they're watching the show or they know someone. Uh, I think I think everyone knows Barney Five. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, some life lessons were taught there, and mm-hmm. I don't even know that they intended to do that. It just it was just well written, and uh, uh, you know the the chemistry between uh, Andy and Opie was was duplicated. That that was the same chemistry that Ronnie Howard actually had with his dad Rance, who was a B Western cowboy. Okay, you remember that? Yeah. But uh, but Rance was on the set most of the time, and he was the one who was actually directing Ronnie Howard to you know and how he and and Andy Griffith wanted to uh, he he wanted to come across being the same kind of dad yeah. that Rance Howard was to. Ronnie, so that's some behind so the scenes stuff. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's, that's that's really fascinating. Yeah, I never thought that uh, Ronnie Howard's father would be on set. I mean, but he was five years old when he was doing uh, oh, OP. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, let me tell you. We, we, earlier we was talking about uh, we was talking about Otis Campbell, right? <laughs> Otis, who yes. actually yes. never touched a drop of alcohol. Ot- you know, Hal uh, Smith. Yes, Otis, Otis the drunk for Otis those. Drunk. Yeah, 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 right. So. Um, there was a. They were shooting a scene. Um, it was in the episode where the uh, Mayberry Historical Society was going to give uh, the uh, descendant of Nathan Tibbs from the Revolutionary War, a made-up character. Yeah. Revolution. Um, Revolutionary War. Yeah. yeah, that was. They were going to give him a plaque, just, you know, simply for being a descendant of this guy, right? <laughs> and so. They're 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 filming this, and uh, uh, off camera is Hal Smith's seven year old son. You know he's okay. watching them film this, right? Yeah. And these ladies, you know, it's it's just this dramatic moment where they give him this plaque, you know, and all of a sudden his son's off camera and he starts crying, and he says, "Son," he says, "Why are you crying?" He said. <laughs> Dad, I've never seen you win anything before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of the mouths of babes, man. Oh, I tell yeah. you what. Yeah. True story. And, that, and that's amazing acting. I mean, he played a very convincing drunk. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to play it over right, the top right, a little bit right. for television. Sure. But... Now, Don Knotts was, uh, he played a, he played a convincing drunk as well. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, that was funny. Could a show like that fly today? Um, if, 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 or a reboot. Okay, we're going to do you know because they're always Hollywood now is you know they, they, I guess they've run I, out of ideas I, so they're rebooting everything right. from the I, 80s. I would say no, not 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 in its pure form. No, and how would it, it be? Yeah. They, they would have yeah. cuss words, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be you know filled with innuendo and yeah. there, and and it would not be the Andy Griffith show. And you couldn't so, sell that pilot anyway. No, uh-uh. now if you if if now you know one of the uh, uh, I don't know one of the inspirational networks or whatever. You know, might you know if they had their pockets were deep enough, they might could come up with a, you know, something similar. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, that that show would not, in my opinion, would not make it today. No, I agree, and it always it uh, it always had the 
you know, certainly the comedy was inevitable, but right. it had the, 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 the foils. And then at the very end, you t- it's, it's, oh, it's always a lesson at the end. Right. Something, you know, just wrap up the show mm-hmm. with something, mm-hmm. you know, whether Opie learned it or, right. you know, or Barney learned right. it and stuff right. like that. And, they, they could, and, and the talent was they could do it with a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Did. And that's, that's where the writing came in. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and they weren't, it wasn't vulgar and it wasn't, like mm. you said, filled with innuendo. And that's, right. I, I, I listened back, you know, of course, as a kid, as a kid, we all love the Three Stooges, especially because sure. we liked them hitting each other. It was just hysterical. Right. As I, you know, as I became an adult, if you listen to some of the Three Stooges dialogue, hysterical stuff. Right. Funny. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think that gets overlooked. Right. Yeah. Well written stuff. I watched, there was a, there's another documentary that, uh, that's on YouTube that's uh, about the Three Stooges okay. and how they got started and uh, and everything. That's, that was pretty interesting. And we're talking about the reboot. They shot that movie. Remember, it was like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago here in Atlanta. It was the Three Stooges movie, and I thought it was going to be a, a, a biopic. Mm-hmm. But no, it was the characters of Three Stooges set in modern times. I don't know if you saw it. There's there some I, I moments missed, of funny. Somehow, but somehow I missed that. That's but. probably best. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it was... <laughs> Oh, are you? Is there any television? I mean, we're sounding like this is old time radio hour here. But is there I, any television? Listen, let me tell you, that's fine. I I, I love it. I, I do I too. Old time TV, old time radio. I love me TV and yeah. the golden age of radio. You know, uh, Nick Danger and yeah. You know, is there anything you're current? I mean, I don't I don't have Netflix. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. So I don't binge watch on anything. Is there anything new that you care about? <laughs> Not particularly. No. Uh, you know, some of the, uh, like, uh, I don't know, I'll watch when uh, Frontier was on, uh, was running on Netflix, I was, I binged watch episodes yeah. of Frontier, which I was pretty good. That was, you know, set during the pre-revolutionary war. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, that that was good. For me. Uh, Longmire. Longmire was another one that was well written. Yeah. Uh, had uh, A. Martinez. In it as a bad guy, you know. Oh, okay. a. Mar- if you remember A. Martinez, he was in uh, the Cowboys with uh, John Wayne. He was a, oh, you know, one okay. of the kids. He was one of the kids, one of the kid Cowboys. But he was the flashy punk that showed up with a you know with his gun and everything. Yeah, and, uh, troubled teen, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, in fact, he's been on some soap operas and, and what have you. But uh, uh, yeah, he was in he was in Longmire. Okay, that, that was that was really a really a good show. Did you, uh, did you ever see Longmire? No, I, it, if, if it's well, if it's not Brave Space, yeah, yeah, don't don't start watching it because okay. you'll 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 binge watch it and you'll sit there and watch every episode, <laughs> never get any sleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't get don't, any sleep. Don't now. do that. Okay, I will not. Thank you. If it's not Brave Baseball or a Family Guy, I'm not watching it. That's, <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shifting gears, and I don't know how you segue that, from Family Guy to fam- this. But Family Guy, that chin just knocks me. Oh out, yeah, and it's you talk about innuendo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <I know>. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, this, uh, there's no segue here, so I'm just going to go right for it. How, go ahead. How? What kind of role does faith play in your life? Well, uh, I will tell you, uh, especially lately, you know, a huge part. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just, um, and, and you know about some, you know, events that have taken place in my life over the past several weeks uh, that I just could not, really, I, I could not 
put one step in one foot in front of the other one right yeah. now without the grace of God. Yeah. I had heard all my life how, well, well God will give you grace when you need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can sit here and tell you that that is a 100% fact. And, and they he does always, give you he does give you grace when you need it. And they say it's on God's time. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I have... You know, I, I don't. I'm not trying to take this down. Okay, because, no, no. All right, this this is because we, we've been having fun, and and but, but let me tell you, you know that my daughter passed away. You know, three weeks ago, and uh, I wept bitterly. I thought I was not. I couldn't breathe. But there was that time when I just thought, when I felt, God, I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And I just felt like he just reached down and lifted me up and said, hey, buddy, I got you. At I've en- got you. At any time during this horrible, and God bless you, by the way, did you ever question your faith? No. Did you ever get no. mad at No. It? No, I did not. And this is why. First of all, you know, I... I the way I believe he created us. Okay. So my daughter was a gift from him. Uh, all my children yeah. are a gift from him. They belong to him. We belong to him. He makes us. And we're all created with a little number over our head. It's <laughs> the number of our days. And we don't know. Thank goodness. We don't know what, uh, what number that is. It's hanging over yeah. our heads. Yeah. But when that number hits, uh, He's he's bringing us. He's 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 taking us, and we don't have anything. We can't do anything about that. That's that's just the way I feel. What would you and, What would you tell the people? What would you say to the people who say, "Well, I don't believe in God, but I'm I'm a spiritual person. I'm more spiritual than religious." Well, or, or can you can you be both? I, I could. Uh, can you be both? Well, I, you know, I, this is my this is my take on uh, religion. Um. I think there's a difference between religion and relationship. Interesting. I think I think, I think uh, uh, you know is you know you're, when, whenever it's religion, you know you're 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 reaching out. You're you know that's 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 something that you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's on your. But if you've got a relationship, you got a relationship with your creator. Yeah. Or as we refer to our grand our creator as the grand architect yeah you have your you we have our a relationship with him uh that spirituality comes that's that's just a uh byproduct yeah of that relationship in my opinion uh you know i know there's a lot lot of a lot of different thoughts on that, but I can tell you that's that's what works for me. Were, um, have you always been religious? Because I think the, the human nature is when you're a teenager, you're you know everything and you're rebellious. You're not really putting God first. Well, but then as you get older and you and you're you see your mortality, maybe you're thinking, oh, right. I better get right with God. Right? Yeah. You see, I you know I was I was raised in in church, you know, uh, but I. You know, like a, a lot of people do. Uh, you know, I took I took my own route for a while. Yeah, uh, I can sit here and tell you that there is 
there's no reason that I should really be standing here in front of you or sitting here in front of you. Uh, I, I should probably, I should probably be dead, but it, it was not my time. Uh, you know, I've done some, you know, wild and crazy things through the years. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, I'm, but, you know, it was only by the grace of God that he's let me live to see 60 years. God and bless I, you. I'm, and I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, it's just a, um, I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it you, you build a, a relationship is day to day. Yeah, you know you're right. And my, you know, if where I am, that you you build that relationship by you know being in being in to me being in God's Word, which mm-hmm. is you know I believe to be the Bible, and to me that is. His letter to us, his word to us, and so if I want to hear what he has to say, then I need to be in that word. I need to be in that Bible, yeah. and I can develop a relationship through being there, and you know, through prayer, yeah, and you know, talking to him, him talking to me through his word. You know, if you if you if you have a a good relationship with a friend or a good relationship with your, a parent or whatever, then you pretty much know what they expect out of you, right? You you can't expect to know what what God wants out of you. You yeah. don't have a relationship with Him. But you got to have a relationship with Him first. That is my, you know, that's just that's where I am on that. Are you going to be in radio until the day you die, in some form or fashion? Um, I think as long as there is a uh, WMOQ, <laughs> I think that is probably true. Are, are you listening to Julio? Are you listening to that? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I, I, it's just something fun, like you said. You're not going to make any money unless you own the station, but you know, it, it's an out. It, you know, it is it, an it, out. It's, it's a, it, it's a, I, I guess a creative vent. Yeah, you know, which is a here's a segue. Uh, I guess it's about time to go, and but uh, I, you know, I do ventriloquist stuff, you know, for seniors and whatnot, and that's uh, that that is a creative out for me. Oh man, I, I oh okay. right. in thirty seconds, how can you say the word B? As a ventriloquist and not move your, where well, do you? It's, it is a, it is a labial, uh, you know, you, your labial consonants is through a substitute, like an NG. Yeah. Like, uh, baseball. Yeah. How, you just said baseball and didn't move your, how do yeah. you do that? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's to me, it's a practice, game? but it's, uh, it is a, you know, knowing how to substitute the labial consonants. That sounds dirty. What is that? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a B. Yeah, you use your lips to make a B or four. Yeah, you use a T a soft TH like Thor, like Thor scored seven years ago. Okay, you know like a yeah. like a V is a labial consonant, so you use a a hard TH for that. You know. Right. So anyone can do it. I'm, no, I, no, I can't. I've tried every, <laughs> off and on. I can't do it. Danny Huff, thank you so much for being my very special guest this hour. My on the pleasure. It's, I loved it. I, thank you very much. Greg, thank you so much for being awesome and keeping me on the tracks. And thank you all very much for listening to the show. Where I really, really appreciate it. Next week, um, we're going to have uh, a musician who lives in New York now, but he got his roots in Georgia, in Atlanta in particular. So it's going to be a fascinating hour with him. So uh, you all have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.